Hello and you're very welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod. I'm Johnny Hammond and of course remotely from her house uh, is none other than Rachel Burford, Harlequins and England Centre. Burf, unprecedented times, weird times, missing you. How, how are you getting on? Yeah, you're right, Joe. It's just such a difficult time for everybody at the moment. Um, everyone's probably really trying hard to adjust with the news that was given last night. But look, we're, we're doing okay. We're trying to get into a bit of a routine here. Um, you know, trying to do things as normal as you can from home. Um, but yeah, look, I think over the last couple of weeks, um, the advice that's been coming out you know, is to stay home. And now it's very much stay home and don't leave. And, and we're very much trying to follow that protocol. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, yeah, the, the stats don't lie. Unfortunately, we've seen you know, results of stuff in Italy and what have you. Um, that is all very, very worrying. And you know, we have to now stay inside. It's it's very much as simple as that, isn't it? Um, I know certain members of our family are, are certainly enjoying this. Is is the dogs? <laughs> they, 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 they certainly are. Yeah, they, I think if any anybody's happy in the world right now, it's everybody who owns a pet that they're home the whole time um, and they're able to give attention but yeah the girls are brilliant um, we took them out for a walk this morning our one and only so we have to find out different ways to tire them out but yeah no dogs are loving the fact that we're home yeah absolutely um, and, and you yourself obviously trying to keep fit trying to trying to get a, a program in there there's quite a few things popping up on the uh, on the internet and what have you now isn't there yeah, I think that's something that everybody's trying to keep everybody inspired and motivated, posting home workouts and showing how much you can do at home. Um, we've got some programs set for us um, uh, called, called the, the quarantine program. So just some home workouts, some obviously some running sessions because you can go outdoors to do one um exercise activity. So we, we've got a plan in place and it's about trying to stay motivated. Um, I've I've got some tackle bags and tackle shields, so we might play around with those. And we've got a bit of a home gym, trying to we're slowly building a home gym outside just to keep the keep the ticker ticking over. John, from my perspective, Berth, you know, for someone who sort of battles with the uh, the mental side of, of of things, just I just just don't get stressed about it. You know, parents. See, I'm a parent of, of two very active boys. We're incredibly lucky that we have a. Uh, a decent old garden to, to run around in but let's just not get stressed about it let's let's approach learning in a different way you can play a board game or play a card game which involves maths well that's studying maths go you know read them your favorite no- novel let them read to you you know try different things get out in your garden if you if you're so lucky or out on that one walk a day and look at plants look at trees look at birds you know, look at that kind of stuff it's all it's all learning so yeah, yeah, so from our point of view, just, just looking at learning in a slightly slightly different way in a slightly yeah. different environment. I think that's a really important point, Johnny, because I think we know that we're in a dire time and we know it's going to get worse. But we've got to try and find some positives with this. And, and those things that you're saying about being creative, trying new ways, connecting differently, um, you know, being more social as in, in, in the household... Um, we've got to try and take something out of this that's going to be positive because there's so much negativity flying around. And if we can focus on a couple of the good things throughout the day, that's not only going to you know create a, a good household, but also you know it's going to boost that positive mental attitude to the situation that we're in. Yeah, and what we're, we're locked down for three weeks. Well, that's twenty one days. 
And this is episode 28 of the Women's Rugby Pod. So, yeah, you can listen to one of the, the WRP each day. And there's a little focus point for you. Yeah, there you go. The WRP Challenge. Listen to a pod every day. Comment on it. Give us some reviews. Give us some questions for the next one. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. And, You'll be sorted. Yeah, and, and do get in touch. I mean, we, we've got a few things things planned, haven't we? I, I want to uh, talk about Rachel Burford with Rachel Burford, and we'll perhaps pick uh, your favourite England team. If the Lionesses were playing next weekend, what would your team be? Your favourite tourist team, social team, that kind of stuff. Anyway, lots of uh, bits and pieces um, to get on with. But yeah, do get in touch on our socials. But that's also a wider point for me. Just keep communicating. Drop a WhatsApp. It's so easy nowadays. FaceTime your your parents, your grandparents, whatever, each day. Make sure they're connected. Stay in touch with your friends. Yeah, we've been doing these sort of group video calls. I mean, they're an absolute hoot. I mean, nobody gets to say anything or listen to anything, but just keep communicating with everyone. Um, yeah, and Julie, like, if there's any, if there are any listeners out there that it would do them, you know, a favour having a message from me or perhaps one of the guests that we've had on the show, I'm sure people will be more than willing to do a little 30 second video and we'll put it online or whatever um, just to kind of lift spirits or if you've got your grandma or granddad that need a little pick me up then then give us a shout like like you're saying, we've all, we're all in this together, let's all support each other as much as we can and keeping those connections open um, we'll be more than happy to do that. 100%. Can I put my request in now? Can you what? Put my request you, in now. Of course. What is it? If it's to you, no. Oh, <laughs> fair enough. Um, look, but if we, um, we're going to go through uh, some questions um, from our listeners. Uh, a lot of those came from our, our live pod, uh, which, yeah, we were planning to do another one at the end of the season, but obviously uh, everything completely up in the air. Um, but, yeah, a few questions from uh, from that night. But first of all, let's uh, let's get our special guest on. She's literally on the front line herself at this uh, incredibly difficult time, uh, but a front line normally of rugby. Uh, she juggles the both. It's uh, Chief Inspector of the Met Police and co-head coach of Harlequins, Karen Finley. Karen, thank you so much for, for coming on the WRP. Um, yeah. Just... I mean, well, first of all, just thanks, and I'm sure everyone uh, for, for for doing what you're doing. What what is it like being a chief inspector of the Met Police at this unbelievable time? Um, I mean, it's it's really challenging because you're trying to balance two things. Really, you're trying to balance, um, you know, our primary responsibility is to. Um, you know, look after London and protect the public as much as we can. And so it's it's a really difficult time that knowing that ultimately you're trying to protect people from something that, you know, it's, it just seems to be um, boundaryless. Um, and the rate of infection is really clear. I mean, you can see the pressure that the health service is under. Um, but it, it, it just, it, it affects everybody. It's affecting everybody, businesses, it's affecting communities, it's affecting our emergency services, it's affecting the services that people don't even realise exist, probably. So it's really hard trying to keep, um, you know, do your job in terms of what we're here to do, which is ultimately serve and protect London. And then secondly, make sure that your staff who are equally as anxious and concerned because they've all got vulnerable people at home, they've all got children, some of them. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's people doing amazing 
and job coming in every day to just kind of deliver that kind of service to London. So you're trying to make sure that they are happy um, as much as you can be and reassure them and make sure they are looked after with the right protective equipment to be able to do their job and with clear direction as to, you know, what, what the state of play is and what you're asking of them every time the situation changes, government direction uh, and comes out with a new briefing and a new position statement. And, you know, the tempo of things, as you can see across the past month, has really significantly changed. Um, and we're at now where we are because um, I think the government has worked really, really hard with the public to try and um, get them to be really fully aware of just how important and serious this is. Um, you know, and we've now got into a different phase because clearly some of that message just is not landing um, and, you know, social responsibility has been lacking in, in some areas and that makes it really, really difficult for us. Can I, I was going to say, I, I'm guessing, uh, being in the police, there's a lot of procedure, uh, a lot of sort of things by, by textbook because that, that's how it has to be done. In a, in a situation where there isn't a textbook, there isn't a previous... Yeah. Um, obviously we can look at other countries and whatever a little few weeks and whatever months ahead of us but how difficult is that as one of the leaders um, I mean I mean, we're brilliant we're brilliant in emergency services in this country and the health service yeah, um, yeah. and the other 999 services that deal with crisis that's what we do Johnny we do it really exceptionally well and we test and exercise a lot and we we do endless work with our partners our businesses and our communities around resilience um, particularly around emergency resilience and obviously you know um, every button is now being pressed and this is when you find that people um, and a sense of community and and how we can all work together to get out the other side of this really does come together um, and there's a genuine sense of shared purpose. I think the difficulty is 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 people realising how, how um, you know, when something's not tangible, sometimes it's really difficult to land a message with people. Yeah. But you, you'd like to think, to be honest, Rachel, that what we've been seeing going on in Italy and France and, and other places, we're no different. You know, we're human beings. Our DNA might be different nationality-wise, mm-hmm. but having been exposed to seeing what we can put in place and what we can be doing, everybody individually, right for the Bobby basics, again, you know, the self-isolation policy, right, the washing of hands, right, the what you do in certain circumstances, whether, you know, you're living at home and you're symptomatic versus um, living with people who might be symptomatic or who might be vulnerable, etc. If everybody just does their bit, this becomes just that little bit less and that at the point we're at, which is you know we're clearly acute in London, um, and 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 making sure everybody's doing their bit makes just such a difference to the overall effort. So the process and the procedures are very yeah, and they're well tried and they're well tested. If I was being honest, Johnny, but I mean it's just about the speed of this and it's about the tempo and the constant change. And now engaging with the public, it's a public who need to engage yeah. our processes and our procedures because that's that's the loose cannon. That's a bit of the jigsaw that now needs to absolutely fall firmly in place. But that must be one of the most frustrating things for you and all your co-workers. The fact is that almost that message hasn't landed, and that's why we've had to take that next step yeah. on the back of the weekend. And that just must be so difficult. And like for us, you know, we're. We're saying on our pod, you know, stay home, you know. It's a very... Yeah. 
to support you as much as you're out there at the front line trying to look after and protect us. Yeah, and I, I, I think the Prime Minister got to the point, you know, the briefing last night was is, is a result of us not doing what everybody should have been doing and we could have been doing a lot, lot quicker. So um, I think, you know, and it's difficult. It's really difficult for people that are work, used to working in structured jobs, structured lives, you know, and in a lot of people, especially professional rugby players, where people are telling you where you need to be, what you need to be doing, what you need to be eating, you're going to get support in your SNC, you're going to do all these things as, as rugby players do. Well, it's the same with our people just in terms of their day job. And it's really difficult working out what is absolutely critical and essential versus, you know, well, I can't, I can't go into work. I could get on my, you know, I could get on the tube, I could go on the train, you know, all the rest of it. Because I do think companies are trying to act as socially responsible as they can by saying stay at home because that's that's the clear message now so unless it is critical because every time people get on those trains and those tubes when they don't need to be on it there are people who have got no choice because that is what they do for a living that is what they are that is you know that essential key worker definition so and it's just like you said it doesn't matter who you are what age fit young healthy nobody's immune to this and like that's another message we've got to keep hitting home is the fact is you know, just because you might not be showing symptoms doesn't mean that you haven't got the virus and you're not spreading it. No, absolutely. I mean, some people was at a shadow diet, and there's been cases, you know, really, you know, even the, you know, really big famous stars and all the rest of it who are who've got it and are asymptomatic. But the, the problem with the pressure on the testing, you know, and things like that is is people just making really wise informed decisions if they are developing any of the symptoms associated with it, just psychic ice. And I know that's really difficult, but good God, you know, we've got a generation of people that have been brought on Xboxes, they've been brought up using <laughs> yeah. the coolest at IT and technology. Christ almighty, this is now the time to watch your Netflix. Stay at home, do your fitness in your living room. Nobody's going to see you looking like a complete plonker in your, you know, your worst lyrics, spandex, luminous gear. So just, you know, do all that stuff that just will make such a difference. Can no, no, no doubt you, you've got some, some, some stories... <clears throat> Excuse me. That would uh, that would would appall and shock us all. But but give us a give us a little uh, a little nugget of, of of sunshine. Give us your, your your best heartwarming story of of either one of your crew or from the British public that you've seen or, or heard about in this uh, this this weird time. Oh, I think I think some of the best stories have been the people that you. I mean, there's a fantastic one on social media this morning about you know Tesco staff. You know, just given a health worker that came in this morning, clearly been on duty for 48 hours, looking shattered, in desperate search for a pint of milk, and they just gave him a bunch of flowers. Now, Aww. you know, li- little things like that just make you think, God, there is hope in the world, you know. And um, and I just think, you know, you watch some of the stuff that's going on about people clapping, you know, showing their appreciation for some of the emergency service workers. And, and when I say that, it's the health service. Our health service workers yeah. at the moment Everybody. are just doing an incredible job and you've got people that are that are working in, in various you know intensive care units who are not specialists necessarily within that discipline but it, it, you know you've got a huge amount of people that have retired for the health service coming back to help it and um, you know so that outreach and that you know wanting to come back in to help just shows you what you know our NHS is made of and and but I just I just don't think we can underestimate the next the, the, the next eight weeks that's ahead because we're certainly not in peak yet. Um, and so I, I just, you know, it, it, some of those little stories are really, 
movie Heart Render, and the guy who's the PE teacher for the nation, I think he's doing an amazing <laughs> yeah, job. Yeah, yeah. He is Joe Wick's absolute legend. What an amazing guy, helping parents who are at home, probably like, you know, suddenly becoming daytime school mm. teachers, you know, families that are having to stay under the same roof that probably maybe get on better when they're not under the same roof. But, you know, all of that, it, okay, it creates different pressures for people and families, doesn't it? So it's not lost, and there's just some amazing work being done by teachers and head teachers out there who are, you know, working double shifts to keep schools open to to help the emergency services with their childcare and things like that. So, it's, I mean, it has got to be a mass UK effort, really, to be honest. But, yeah, it, it's remarkable about how people are rallying together to, to try and make this situation, the, the, you know, to get by as best as possible. Yeah. But, and, and like, I sit there thinking, oh, how can I help? What can I do? But the ultimate thing is just don't go out. Yeah. Isn't it? It's, it's like that's, yeah, that's how you help and that's how you yeah. contribute. And just and just to be honest, Rachel, thinking outside the box, yeah. But I mean it's like digital technology is there, people using Microsoft Teams to meetings, um, you know, just using other platforms so that you can just think a different solution to making so that things happen and putting structure through your day. You know, and not, you know, it's getting up in the morning. We had a fantastic phone conference call with the staff at Harlequins yesterday. Um, you know, the club have been so positive about looking after the staff and keeping, the, you know, keeping our spectators engaged and making sure that people are, you know, just sharing good practice to try and keep each other going and little motivational S&C videos and just little things that keep keeps keeps folks' brains active, which is the main thing. Um, and just exercise, thinking of different ways to do exercise, you know, and, and government directions really clear on that but I mean just some of the stuff in the parks at the weekend literally you know it just nearly broke you seeing yeah. what was going on and that that just cannot happen unfortunately I mean there's not a lot of parks left open now as it is but you know just use green space you know use green space but just don't do it with somebody else yeah yeah, <laughs> you know? okay. yeah. Karen you, you mentioned Harlequins there um obviously and, I, and I'm guessing I probably know your answer you, you know uh, that's not quite so significant or important right now at the moment. But what is the latest on the club? You just uh, you just said that uh, you had a, a phone call with everyone there. Um, it, it's just everyone stay away, keep safe. I'm, I'm guessing that was certainly one of the uh, the press releases from Laurie Dalrymple, the, the CEO. Yeah, I think um, Laurie Dalrymple has been fantastic in terms of the communication um, done internally and externally, and 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 the clubs um, right up to the owner Charles Jillings, who's who was really at the forefront of driving what we were doing as a club in terms of making sure we were being socially responsible above and beyond, and um, probably prior to like clarity with the RFU direction coming out. So. Um, and I think that's how serious they take it and that's probably in line with just how progressive they are on just about everything and I think that was the right decision in terms of the welfare of its staff the welfare of its fans and the welfare um, obviously it's the most important commodity our players and the, and the staff that support those players um, I think and, and they've, do, they've done they've made some really sensible business decisions and it's a really challenging time for rugby clearly across the board so, um, and as it is we've, we've, to be quite honest um, but we, we've I think we've got we've provided sensible direction and the comms. I mean, we've got a conference call with our players this evening to keep them as much informed as we are and in the loop and to offer as much advice and guidance really and support because some some individuals are going to struggle. There's no doubt about it, you know. Um, but I think I think you know 
it, it's livelihoods, and that's important. Whether you're a, you're the SNC coach or the rugby coach or the you know whatever you're the person who works behind the bar or you're the person who opens the turnstiles on a Saturday, it's people's livelihoods, um, and and the club is doing the best it can to make sure that people are being supported supported in every which way. Yeah, absolutely. Think of, and that's a credit to the management. Yeah. Uh, Cal, well, look, we, we've taken up far too much of your time. You've got a lot, lot more important things to do. Look, we really, really appreciate you coming on. Just, just in a sentence or two, if you just give one final message to, to to the WRP listeners out there, what would be your your, your message to them? Um, I think it is genuinely, you know, whether you be a member of staff, whether you be, especially if you're a player, um, it's really hard for players who. Who, you know, some of whom are full-time contracted athletes now. That is their day job, being fit and healthy in order to be the best rugby player they can be. Um, but find a different way of doing it. Um, do what Public Health England and what the government are asking you to do. Um, because, in other words, you are just genuinely... Every person, one person who meets ten people, then infects probably another 100 people because of the, con- the connectivity socially. And that creates a huge burden. So there's one message. It is genuinely do what the government's asking us to do right now. Find a way, find a way of doing it at home, behind four walls and reducing your contact with the outside world to as minimal is what you need to do so your basic essential shopping you know and if you've got to like obviously interact with somebody if you're looking after vulnerable real vulnerable groups but even then if you can stop making that contact then do it because that makes a huge difference absolutely Karen look per- personally and I, from, from birth and I and from everybody else thank you so much for everything you and, and your forces doing um and yeah, keep trucking and uh, stay safe yourself. Yeah, you too. Likewise, lots of love. This is the Women's Rugby Pod. Yeah, great to have uh, Karen on the pod, and uh, yeah, it's uh, just just brilliant advice. And yet everybody, please, 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 you know, everybody's got a responsibility. We're all in this together. Everybody could do their part and just brilliant advice there from uh, from Karen Finley. Um, so let's get into some of those questions, Berth, mainly from our, our live pod that we did. Um, Emma, I think she lives in Twickenham. What's your favourite memory wearing an international shirt? I know, I know. There's so many good ones, but probably it's got to be the 2014 World Cup final. Um, oh, what happened that just kind of. Well, I mean, we did walk away with a cup and a gold medal for the first time. It took a long time. I just think on the back of, you know, 2006, my first World Cup, 2010, losing at home. Um, and then we obviously lost to France that year in the Six Nations. So to then go to France, play in France and win the World Cup was just unbelievable. It was, yeah, it's, it, any rugby player that plays internationally wants to win a World Cup. Um, so that will be the ultimate mo- moment for sure. 100%. Uh, Tim Walsh from Feltham. Which is more rewarding, playing sevens or fifteens? Oh, how mm. do you, oh, that's really difficult to yeah. say more rewarding. Uh I'm going to sit on the fence because I no. they're just yeah well I'd say in a way Simmons is more rewarding because of how 
hard it is physically, mentally, on the road, travelling, the ups and downs, the quick turnarounds, the mental fatigue, the physicality of it. Um, you know, so to when you go to a tournament, you've got to play six games, you've got to win every game, or you can sometimes get around not winning every game and winning a final. But I think using the word rewarding, I'd say sevens is probably more rewarding in that respect. Nice. Nice. Uh, Emma from Ashford in Surrey. Uh, do you still okay. face lots of barriers as a woman in sport? Yeah, I think there's still barriers that are there. There's still stereotypes. There's still um, things that we constantly have to overcome. But I think that's that's not just in rugby. I think that's in a lot of sports. Um, and it's just something that you, we continuously have to keep pushing and striving to to try and bring, you know, women's rugby on a par or as equal as we can to our male counterparts um, moving forward. I think I think we have to always recognise that, that we've taken so many great steps forward um, and we always kind of get focused on, well, we're kind of not there yet or this isn't enough and that's not enough. And, and that's not a bad thing to be in in terms of thinking about, well, how can we keep pushing these boundaries but also look at how far we've come. And now in five years' time, if we're still having the same conversation about certain things that are barriers, then that's when it's a problem. Is that if we're identifying things and we're working towards them now, that's the positive space to be in. Is a lot of it lip service still, though? I think some some places it is a lot of lip service, but I think there's a lot of people, and I'll use Harlequins as an example, where they'll say something and they'll deliver it. And I think the more examples you have like that is the less it can happen. And, and also we, we spoke about on our pod last week with Ali Donnelly about how Wales seem to always slip under the radar in terms of what they're doing with their team and their performance team um, and actually well, maybe we need to keep putting a bit more pressure on to to actually on other unions not just kind of the ones that have been progressing and, and because they haven't progressed fast enough we, we, we go at them instead of the ones that aren't moving forward at all Yep, fair enough, good point uh, John O'Bennett in Guildford should I be worried about my 10-year-old daughter playing rugby? No. Good. Um, I, yeah, I think it's... It, look, I know that if your daughter's going to be playing at Guildford or Guildfordians, I know that they both have very good setups, And that's very, I think that's one of the things that if you're going to have your kids start playing rugby, and I would say if not all the clubs are in line with what is safe to coach, they'll have qualified coaches they'll have x amount of coaches available to each age group to make sure safety precautions are put in place so that's first and foremost like i know that those clubs around there have excellent uh, facilities and people in place um so firstly the practice side of it is you're going to have somebody coaching your daughter in a safe protective manner then so that's the only area that you're kind of concerned about isn't it about your whether they're going to be prone to injury or exposed or whatever. So that's taken care of. Now let's look at all the positive side of things that actually it brings. It brings great confidence, different cultures, different environments, the amount of you know determination, discipline, all those things that it can teach your child. Um, and there's no different to going to the park, playing on the swings and hurting yourself there as it could be playing on a rugby pitch. Um, so my answer is flat back, no. You're going to get so much more from your daughter playing and having the opportunity to be in that kind of environment that's challenging but welcoming um, 
is definitely, definitely outweighs any risk or any, any worry. Nice. Yeah, can agree more. And from a coaching perspective, coaching down at uh, sort of minis and junior levels, I know the RFU are doing a big, big audit at the moment to what their coaches are qualified to do. There's uh, rugby ready, play it safe, these kind of courses, which uh, most clubs, and quite rightly so, uh, are sort of uh, forcing their young coaches yeah, I mean, to, to do, which is, uh, you know, really, really important. And say another side of it is that I, I don't know if you're if he's involved in rugby or, or a member of a club or played previously, but you know what also it's not just necessarily about the, the player, the young girl, what she's going to get from it, is actually it can transform families' lives. It opens up a new family, a community, a different outreach, um, different connections. So there's so many more benefits to it than, you know, being concerned about the danger side of it where you know, anything else that you do has an element of it, of, of risk of danger, whether you're running around, whether you're at a park, whether you're you know, doing gymnastics, which is far greater risk of injury. Um, yeah, you've got to look at the whole picture of it. Yeah, we refer you to Beth's first answer, no. Uh, <laughs> you shouldn't be worried, as simple as that. Two questions now, um, kind of related. So uh, Dave Davis uh, from Crowbra, Will in Twickenham. Uh, Dave said salary cap for the game good, bad or no consequence Will same similar kind of lines how big an impact do you think the squad reduction from 60 to 40 uh, in the TPs will have on women's rugby well I think the reduce of the squad size will have a big impact on what it can offer a smaller group of players um, a smaller amount of players should I say the, the infrastructure that they can put in place for those players um, I think a salary cap as if we've, we've talked about this before um, I think it is needed to give some protection around clubs and what they can do um, but at the same time it needs to be a an amount that is going to allow progress development and for clubs to flourish if they want to invest and, and really drive the standards of the women's game I think if this if the salary cap is too low then are we actually pushing the boundaries of where domestic rugby can go? What I don't want to see happen is we have such a small salary cap that then it kind of makes us stand still for the next three years before they change or move that salary cap. Um, but it's a, it's a difficult one because I understand, you know, there's some clubs out there that don't even have the amount of money potentially that the salary cap is intending. Um, so it, it's a tricky one. Um, is, is it, for, is it forcing? So yeah, is it forcing the? Uh, sorry to interrupt. Uh, is it forcing the issue to say to clubs, do you know what? It's going professional. You made that decision. It's a salary cap thing. You, if you can't keep up, sorry, but this is this is the future, and, it, and it's starting now. And if and at the moment you can't be sort of uh, sat at the table, then it's actually forcing the issue and actually squeezing out the clubs that have that ambition, have that ability. Um, and saying to those that don't, well, do you know what? That's the standard to get to, and you know, in three years' time, let's let's have another look. Yeah, I, I think you're spot on, Johnny. I think it is. We're moving into a professional era, and unfortunately, like in professional sports, people, if you can't keep up and you can't make the, you know, whatever the standards are, then you're not in the team. So, if we look at it collectively, then we need to start considering, you know, who's in a position to really be able to push and progress the women's game. Um, because if we 
like like we spoke the other week, you know, it's really nice having two teams and it's nice to do and it'll be great, you know, you know, teams like Richmond, for example, have spoken out previously about, you know, financially, they, they cannot compete with some of the other clubs. But the amount of history that they have at the club, the amount they've done for the women's game is like, that's all great and we want to bundle all that up and we're proud of what Richmond have done. But is that the right thing to then keep a team who's not able to really progress and drive the game in including all the things you know commercial financial the foundations the facilities you know though if starting then like you say are we weighing up and finding out who is able to really progress the game and you know what maybe in four or five years time those types of teams could be invited back in because they're, they've now built themselves into a position to compete and be a part of that Absolutely. it's a really difficult situation but we really want to progress we want to make the domestic game um, you know the best worldwide um, and we're only going to be able to do that by enabling clubs who can really invest into it to, to grow it totally agree which team would you like to see join the premiership 2021 that's from Max and Devon oh, well they're, re- they're all really far away <laughs> which one's closest oh my to god London? just take the Rachel Burford <laughs> hat on put the WRP hat on no, look, I would. There's two clubs I'd love to see it. I'd love to see Exeter because I've been down there and I've experienced what it's like to play in front of a home crowd at Exeter. Um, I've also been there and watched England play there. And so I just know what that kind of town will do, but get behind the club. They've already spoken about the infrastructure they want to put into the game, they've already started. Um, and the other team is Newcastle. I'd love to see Newcastle be, be involved in it um, just for the, the sheer spread. Um, I, I don't know why Newcastle we're just kind of maybe it's my link to, to always watching Johnny Wilkinson play there and, and maybe that's why OK yeah the question was which team not which teams oh OK Exeter then just based on what I've experienced um, from the local support and how they get behind their teams so it'd be a great place to go and play if they can get turn out crowds like that Agreed, and it's geographically important for the game. Um, and they have some, some tough old birds up there. Absolutely. Um, what's this? Uh, Mark Smith in Kent. Oh, it's a question for me. Johnny, where did the passion for women's rugby come from? Um, I think it was 2009. Um, and when I was at, uh, at Sky Sports, we were just beginning to get into to women's rugby I went to an England training session can't remember where to be exact uh, just coming into that 2010 World Cup and I spoke to a few of the players and literally chronologically going through their day up at 4.30 gym full day's work I think it may have even been Sophie Hemming actually um, she's a vet isn't she? yeah yeah and literally going through her day up at half four gym full day's work back home try and grab some lunch another full day afternoon gym or rugby session I think I remember this I just, I did, she was like swimming and you showed picture of him in the gym and stuff like that just just extraordinary and then I spoke to another couple and exactly the same and actually that's remarkable in itself to, 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 to represent your country with all those kind of hurdles in front of you but then actually what you watched on the training field was outstanding for for amateurs and actually that's when it really clicked for me 
these ladies are amateurs and their skill levels and I'll be completely honest were a lot better than a lot of the men's professional teams uh, and still are and I just thought that's that's absolutely incredible the product is unbelievable that's the first first and foremost um but actually what, what women have put in over the years and still continue to do so from a sort of semi-pro professional uh, outlook. So, yeah, that's that's where the passion came from. So it wasn't me then? No. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then we rolled into that 2010 World Cup, which was, which was just fantastic. Um, and to be fair to Sky Sports at the time, they threw everything at it. Um, really, really jumped in both feet like it was a... a uh, men's football world cup finals um it was uh, it was outstanding and just uh, the crowds and the passion and uh, yeah that that finish at the stoop and the heartbreak and whatever um so no, it's been a, a brilliant brilliant journey and, and long may it continue uh back to yourself both hannah smith and tumbridge wells is there any plans for a lions tour in the future yes i believe so i think it's a matter of um not if but when it will happen uh, could we see something as early as next year? Potentially not with all that's happened this year. Yeah, not now. Uh, or what, what potentially is coming with in terms of the coronavirus and, and what that looks like for us. Um, but 100%, um, it will happen. Lovely. And I know Hannah Smith, she's going through a bit of a rough time with injury and stuff, so just give her a little shout-out. Oh, big shout-out to Hannah Smith. She's a big star. She's going to... She's gonna, um, Making England team one day. Wow. Yeah. Big predictions on the WRP. Yeah, that is. <laughs> uh, and, and last one, just to finish up, uh, uh, Sue Anstis, our friend old Sue Anstis, um, from Windsor. You're self-isolating for coronavirus. We are. We are, We all are now. Which box set, Netflix, etc., oh. etc., would you choose to watch? Or have you just watched? <sighs> uh, do you know what? I haven't watched any yet, um, like during this period. But over Christmas, we watched the Don't Meep with Cats. If anybody hasn't seen that, that is mind-blowing. Um, uh, I'm not really a box set girl. I'm more of a film kind of girl. Okay. Uh, but I, again, I haven't really watched any films at the moment. I'm not very good at this one. Well, just not- I, like, I, I really like sporting classics, like watching sport films. A hundred percent for those. <laughs> and do you know what's on my list? Rudy. So there you go. Rudy's on my list to watch. American football film. It's brilliant. It's based on a true story. On Netflix. Highly recommend it. Yeah, sporting films, and they're always uplifting. I remember the Titans. Uh, who's that? Denzel Washington. Um, Blindside. Sandra Bullock. Yeah. Oh, oh my goodness! In fact, I've got that art recorded. I watched that tonight. That's it. I watched now. that the other week, actually. I watched that a few weeks ago. Oh, it's one of my favourite films of all time. It's just outstanding. Uh, Coach Carter. That's the uh, the basketball one, isn't it? But you look, there's 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 loads out there at the moment, isn't there? Um, some good films, some good box sets. I am Chazelle Mather, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. We'll uh, we'll wrap it up there for for this week, uh, Berth. Really nice to 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 speak to you. Know that you're well and what have you. Uh, everybody out there, do 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 keep in touch. As we said, keep talking to each other. Uh, drop us a line on our socials. Uh, remind them of the address, Berth. At Pod Women's Rugby. Go go and listen to our podcast. Believe 
Dewey, Giada Franco, who else we had on? Uh, Kendra Coxage. Emmy Scarrett, Katie McLean, Sarah Hunter. Rachel Taylor, <sighs> Lynn Campwell, Fiona Coughlin, Anna Nikki Ponsford, Anna Capeless. Yeah, Rob Kane for the USA, of course. Uh, Jade Cronkle. Gary Street. Oh, Chloe Rowley. Look, I, think they get, I think they get the gist. They, yeah, they, 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 they got the gist. Stars. It's all on there. So, look, guys, yeah, stay safe. Please, please hear the warning. Stay indoors. Keep everyone safe. Keep smiling. Keep talking. Birth, lovely to speak to you. And we'll be back next week uh, to hopefully just shine a, a little bit of light on uh, what is a, a, an unbelievable time for us all. So, Whatever you're doing to support the women's game at this difficult time, whatever you can be doing, do keep it up. Take care. Until next time.